Welcome to the next in my series studies in John's Gospel. I'm recording this in the middle of winter, so it's difficult to exactly remember the experience of being thirsty. Yet I hope most of us will have had those moments when we were desperate for a drink, a drink of water or something refreshing. And when that moment comes, it becomes all-consuming. All we can think about is getting a drink. Some of you will know that I enjoy long-distance walking, and occasionally I do very long walks on a really hot day. And it's really important to have enough water. And to feel really, really thirsty is something that one needs to be concerned about on those walks because very quickly you can lose energy and dehydrate and become unwell. So when Jesus talks about thirsting, he's tapping into a powerful image, particularly in a very hot country. And we need to try and hold that in our mind for a moment. But let's put in the context. In our last study, we looked at how at the end of the last discourse that Jesus was having with the crowd, many put their faith in him. And we explored what that meant in our last study. So we pick it up in John 7 and verse 32. The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. The chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I'm with you only for a short time, and then I go to the one who sent me. In other words, Jesus knows his mission. He's only going to be with them for a limited period, two or three years, teaching and training them, and then he knows that he's going to be crucified and that he will die. And he also knows that death isn't the end for him, uh, that he is going to go and be resurrected and go and return to the Father. He says in verse 34, you will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. They cannot come yet because it's not yet the end of time when the dead are resurrected. And he's going in that time frame to be with the Father until he returns to raise the dead. Verse 35 said, the Jews said to one another, why does this man intend to, to go? Where does this man intend to go? We cannot find that we cannot find him. Will he go where our people live, scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, you will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. Well, Jesus has deliberately used language that makes them explore, makes them question, makes them think about what he is saying. He wants them to remember that he said he's going where they cannot come and they might explore that and it might make sense to them in the future. And so we pick it up. On the last and greatest day of the festival, this is John 7, 37, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And I want to explore this in the following verse for the remainder of our study. The first thing I want to draw your attention to is this word, anyone. Anyone. Whoever is dissatisfied, whoever is looking for more, whoever is thirsting, is wanting desperately for more from life. And the, the concept of being thirsty is of, of being dry, of not feeling that what we have is good enough. And that might mean a number of things that may be looking for more in terms of meaning. If anyone who is thirsty for meaning and purpose and, and making a sense of life, perhaps people are thirsty for self-worth and value and feeling that they matter and that they are loved. Perhaps people are thirsty for hope, longing, desperate to feel that the suffering and pain of this world will be replaced by something good. Maybe people are thirsty for peace, 
for stillness of mind, from freedom, from anxiety, from fear. If anyone, anyone is dissatisfied and thirsty, and maybe people are thirsty for strength and the ability to keep going and the ability to overcome the problems and difficulties that they face. If anyone is thirsting for meaning or value or self-worth or for hope or for peace or for strength. What does he say? If anyone who is thirsty, let them, he says, come to me. What does it mean to go to Jesus? If anyone is desperate for more, they need to seek to be with Jesus. Then and now, and now, to seek his presence, to go after him. For us, that means in prayer. It means to intentionally look for times when we talk to Jesus and to study his words for them and for us, to be aware of what he's teaching and let those words permeate and grasp us and hold us and be remembered by us. For them and for us, to go to Jesus means to renounce life without him. They had to leave their nets, they leave other things and follow him. And for us to go to Jesus means to leave behind seeking and searching after other things that we thought would bring meaning or peace or strength or worth. And for us, it means to ask him into our lives. So my first question for reflection is, are we going to Jesus? If we are desperate for more from life, if we are thirsty for something that we haven't yet found or experienced or known in life, where are we going to look for it? Are we looking to Jesus? He says, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. So what does that mean to drink from Jesus? And how will that affect that sense of dissatisfaction? I want to suggest that drinking from Jesus means a number of things. It means, firstly, to follow his calling on our lives. And that's how we are satisfied with wanting to know a meaning and a purpose to our life. And we looked at this uh, uh, two or three studies ago when we looked about what it means to choose Jesus and what he would have us do with our life. We find meaning when we drink and receive the calling, the purpose to choose the life that he has for us. Remember, we talked about acting justly and uh, loving mercy and walking humbly with him. To drink is to say, Jesus, I will do what you would have me do with my life. I yield myself to your call, your purpose, your vocation, your intention for the day I live for the breath I breathe, for the people I encounter, for the job I do, I give myself to be what you would have me be. That means That is what it means to drink, to receive what he called us to be. And secondly, I suggest that to drink is to receive his love, and that's how we find a, th- a quenching of our thirst for worth and value and to feel loved is to receive that love, the love of Jesus. And we talked a little bit about that in our last study when we talked about putting our faith into Jesus and accepting and trusting in his love demonstrated in his birth and death and resurrection. To drink from Jesus is to say, I'm going to receive the fact that you love me and have died for me and have come to call me. 
And to drink from Jesus is to trust the life he promises. Again and again in John's gospel, he talks about coming to bring life, that they might know life, that they might have eternal life. And so to drink from him is to, is to believe in the life he promises now and forever. And to trust, again, we looked at this more in our last study, to trust that he has a life ahead for us. And there is a life coming that is eternal, that is free from suffering and sadness. And therefore our hope is quenched because we know that there will be a time when we are with Jesus and there is no more, no more tears, no more sadness. And to drink from Jesus is to receive the promise of his Holy Spirit that grants peace, to receive the indwelling of his presence that gives us a peace that passes all understanding, that is beyond comprehension, that is supernatural, that enables us to live through some of the most difficult experiences of life with a sense of God being with us. And so the drink is to say, Jesus, come and fill me with your spirit. And to receive his strength by asking him daily for his help. So how do we drink from Jesus? We accept his call on his life, we receive on our lives, we receive his call. We trust in his life. We receive his spirit and we ask for his help. And so we might ask ourselves, are we drinking what Jesus is offering? Have we received his calling? Have we received his love? Are we trusting in his hope and asking him to fill us? And then in the next verse, John 7, 38, Jesus says this, whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And this is a wonderful idea. Again, I want to unpack just for a moment or two. This living water, what is this living water? Three things. Firstly, it is eternal life. It is the life, the water is a symbol of life in the Bible. The desert uh, and until it has water, has no life. But when the river comes into the desert, along the banks of the river, the plants grow. And so this living water is the life eternal. The resurrection from the dead, the conquering of sadness, of sin, and of suffering. But it is not only the eternal life, it is the fulfilling life now. It is life of meaning and joy and purpose and of substance, of achievement. And it is a cleansed life where the past is removed and the sin and dirt and shame that we carry is washed away. And he says, this living water, this eternal life, this fulfilling life, this cleansed life, he says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And what does he mean by it flowing? Rivers. It's not a stream, it's not a trickle, it's a river. And you get this idea of, the, of what is to come from within us is unstoppable. You can't stop a river, you might divert it, but it will just come out another way. And just as along the banks of a river, life grows, then the river of God is infectious. And it's abundant, it's overflowing. And so the life that Jesus wants to bring cannot be quenched. And this for me is the most encouraging and yet challenging part of this verse. He says, it will flow from within you. If you believe in me, it will happen. 
it will flow from within. In other words, the Holy Spirit of Jesus within us will produce life in others. It is unstoppable. It is infectious. And it is abundant. And that's encouraging because I so often feel unfruitful. And I feel unworthy. And I wonder where this life is coming from. And the joy of this person, he says, if you believe in me, then through my spirit, I will use you to affect other people. And that's a real encouragement to me when I feel, well, what does my life doing? But if I go to Jesus, I seek him out, I seek him in time spent with him and I ask him to fill me and I seek his calling and I drink from his word, then these things will flow from within. And that's a promise. And so I say to God, Lord, will you flow out from me to the places I'm around, the people I walk with, the place I work, the family I live amongst, the neighbours I encounter. Will you bring an infectious life of hope, of joy, of peace, such that others would go to Jesus and drink and receive? So the final question is, do we want living water to flow from us? Because I think it is about saying, Jesus, pour yourself out from me. So are we going to Jesus? And are we drinking what he is offering? And do we want living water to flow from within? Let's pray. Lord, we ask you to fill us with your Holy Spirit so that water of life may flow from us to others, that they would catch life from us, that they would be inspired to go to Jesus, that we would transform the desert because your Holy Spirit is filling us. May we bring life to those we meet today and tomorrow. We believe in you. Fill us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.